Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm presenting Talking Design at RMIT University in Melbourne. And I'm here with architect Ellie Giannini. She's a director of MGS Architects and has been for a number of years. Uh, founding? No, I'm not a founding director, but I was there right from the beginning, about two or three years before, uh, two or three years after Rob and Soon started the practice, all the way back in 1986. Wow, that's <laughs> so, a long time. That's a long time. Um, and you've also got very strong connections to RMIT. You um, studied architecture here and then went on to do a master's by invitation in architecture in the mid-90s. And then you also uh, followed your passion for contemporary jewellery. That's correct, yes. Doing fine arts in um, gold, and silver, gold and silver smithing. That's right. So you're well and truly ensconced in RMIT. <laughs> Definitely. And I've enjoyed every bit of the changes that have gone on here um, in the physical environment, obviously, with all these fantastic uh, buildings. buildings. Yeah. Um, Ellie, look, I think this is an interesting area and often design is often spoken about in terms of flashy bars, new restaurants, new retail fit-outs, but you showed me a couple of projects recently that kind of show you, showed me, and I think people need to know, that design's often... Not all about that. It's actually about helping people who have literally or no interest in design. They just want to have a meal and a shower. Yes, and and you've picked up on um, sort of something that we're very passionate about. Um, social housing. Social housing and, and, and community projects in general. Mm. Um, we've done many... Um, affordable and social housing projects over the years, mm. starting, as you mentioned, way back in the 80s when we worked a lot with um, DHHS, the Office of Housing. And we've continued along that vein with the with both with government and also with the not-for-profits. Mm. And, um, and what, what draws you to that sector? Okay. Well... I mean, there's an incredible, as you can imagine, incredible satisfaction going back after people have started occupying the buildings and living in their apartments and hearing the feedback that we get, you know, how fantastic the the um, their apartment is. We also look at how they've managed to um, furnish it and is usually very inventively and and um, and, and creatively um, and we've just um, you know we are we really enjoy that personal contact and that uh, post occupancy I suppose feedback. Um, these people are often have never, you know, the, the, the clients have never, yes, have never um, owned uh, a home or if they've owned a home, they've been um, sort of in temporary accommodation for many, many years or in accommodation that isn't very attractive or, or it's not safe. And so moving into one of our projects or, or a client's project because we often, you know, most often work with a with an agency, so a, uh, as I said, it's either the Department of um, Human Services or or a um, affordable housing association. So, working working with them um, to deliver these projects really makes a difference in their lives. Well, let's look at Osnan 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 
house. Wasn't that house? Uh, Flemington Road. Yes. Uh, replaced a seventies three story, pretty ordinary facility. And I think you mentioned at the time you said, look, beforehand uh, people would have to go to see a lot of different specialists, whether it's the doctor or the uh, eye specialist or the chemist. Spread all across North Melbourne. North Melbourne, that's right. That's so correct. now they can actually come. They can live in us in Osenham House. Yes, and they can uh, make the most of all the facilities. Exactly, that's correct. So our client uh, for this particular um, uh, project was um, is uh, Vincent Care, and Vincent Care is quite a large organisation, as you probably know, and they um, offer a range of services. Um, Osnham House itself has existed for many, many decades and uh, in that location in North Melbourne and it was both a residential facility and also offered um, other, other, uh, other support, I suppose. Vincent Care also had uh, support in, in other premises nearby but, as you say, people had to... Find it. Find, you know, and, and sort of go from, from service to service. Mm. And often that would mean that, you know, they had to repeat their own, the, the history of their, you know, why they, why they were going there, what mm. the reasons for their health issues and all of those things several times because and there each is, time. It's intimidating. It's, it's tiring, it's intimidating, it's exhausting and people are exhausted anyway because they have – you know, life circumstances, their their personal circumstances mean that they may have been um, sleeping rough or sleeping, you know, couch surfing and doing, you know, things that really... So people can literally uh, walk in off the street. Absolutely. They don't have to explain themselves. No. And they could have a meal and they could have a shower and they could sit in that beautiful courtyard garden. Yes, absolutely. That's right. So, so uh, Vincent Care offers uh, both... Services to our, to people outside who want to drop in, and also um, accommodation and services to people who are actually resident residents in the in the in the building. Yeah, um, Ellie. In terms of you know someone who's sleeping rough and they come into Osmond House and they're looking for a place to stay more permanently, what's the process? Like, does it get, do they get on a list, a short list? Or? So from what I understand, and of course this is evolving because the facility is relatively recent, you know, they, they open their doors um, uh, again, you know, after the after Osnham House was closed. Well, it wasn't quite closed. It was... It res, it, um, it operated while the building was being built in in um, in a building just behind um, behind the the current one, but um, since they've moved back into uh, moved back into this Osnham House itself, um, the um, uh, sorry, I've lost yeah. track of this question now. That they've they've got probably more people wanting to stay there than they've got That's right. So the process that's right. So the process is that you have to obviously present and speak to to staff, get assessed for your needs. Um, uh, various there's various um, health workers as well as um, uh, counsellors and mm. um, dental services. You know all yeah. the things that you mentioned before. They're all available on site. Um, but then, of course, there's an application process where they have to assess you for uh, residential 
uh, okay. you know. Um, Ellie, when, you, when you're designing a building like this, it's pretty large. I think from memory it's about 18 stories, is that correct? Uh, no, no, it's, it's probably more like 11 Oh, stories. sorry, 11 yeah, stories. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned that you didn't want it to be institutionalised in terms of the way it presented to the street. Um, tell me about that because okay. design can be intimidating, mm. it can be overwhelming. Mm. Clearly, you know, these people really want shelter. Mm. They want to feel mm. comfortable walking into a mm. space. What are the ways you you engage with design to make things less intimidating? Mm. Well, that's really um, important. I mean, you mentioned at the very beginning of this interview that, you know, design is not only for the wealthy and 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 um, you know for for lifestyle reasons. I mean that's sort of what we're not particularly interested in, and that also means that we we generally design for buildings to be as welcoming as possible, and and that means not making them intimidating, not making the facade a kind of um, shield. Yes, a shield, as as often um, apartments for the private sector are, because they need to be, you know, because that's a different market. People want to be, you know, separated a few from the street, <laughs> from the street, but a few doors and a few whatever. Whereas we're we're doing the opposite. Where we learned very early on from our retail experience what makes people tick. You know, what makes p- people walk in almost as if they don't really know that they're crossing the threshold. And they don't have to ask, and no one's going to ask them no, questions. No, no one's going to stop them and, and, and query them. And, um, you know, and part of the reason why, for example, it's a shop front, you know, basically the, the, the new building presents to the street as a shop front. And With a cafe and exactly. library. And it's that people can, can just walk in directly from the street without too much... Um, too many barriers to them doing that, and the courtyard that's uh, at the rear is very visible from the from the front door, which means that if people are feeling a little bit anxious about being trapped, uh, you know, and there's being an asked to, yeah, there, there's somewhere that they can see, they can go outside and breathe some fresh air and relax, or also, and you know, uh, you're also mentioning that one of the residents who moved in, I think, what he liked about the room he was in, that it was so quiet. Yes. And yes. that must be, you mentioned something about uh, sound and, and people who have come from traumatic backgrounds, mm. you know, noise is something they're very sensitive to. Well, that's right because it goes, I mean, sound needs to be considered very seriously, obviously, and and it can come from very many sources. You know, someone who is having a conversation outside your door in the middle of the night, it's is is a sound, unsettling. you know, and it's unsettling. Similarly, if someone is, you know, coming in and sort of um, with, you know, stiletto heels or whatever they, yeah. you know, sort of <laughs> making making um, making noises, or um, someone living above you or below you or next to you, you know, these these playing loud, loud music. I mean, they're all things that obviously stop your enjoyment of your own of your own environment and stop that. so you've created very well protected well, that's right. rooms well insulated sound wise and obviously also um, climate wise because we've we've um, uh, responded to the five star green star um, you know uh, sustainability um, uh, 
measures of for the building. So it's it is a building that should you know is is comfortable both sound in in mm-hmm. in terms of sound and in terms of um you know physical comfort. Um Ellie there's another building that's quite it was very interesting and um in Rushall. Oh, yes. Um and it's obviously people who know Rushall in North Rushall Crescent, Road, yes. Clifton no, Hill. No, yes. Clifton Hill. Clifton North Hill. Hill. It's Clif- Clifton, yes. Clifton Hill. And um, it's kind of a period, uh, originally a, a period development, probably mm-hmm. 1880s, 1890s. And you've created a new wing That's that right. kind of speaks to the uh, older buildings. That's right. In terms it- of brick and big, broad bands of almost heritage colours yes. in the balustrades. That's part of what we do at MGS is really. Um, uh, Look very carefully, observe very carefully the context that our projects are going to be um, and this residing is, in. This is right next to the railway line, so fairly brutal. Brutal. <laughs> well, it's fairly uh, close. Harsh. Yeah. It's a harsh environment, so you've yes. got textured bricks. Yeah. Yes. But who's who were who are these? Who's the housing for? Okay, because it's so an interesting Ru- story. Russell Chris, uh, our client there is uh, the old colonists, and the old colonists. Um, uh, have a history, and and this has sort of changed over time. But their their um, their early history was um, to look after retired actors, and it's a self uh, it's it's a, it's an independent organisation, and um, as you can imagine, artists such as you know actors don't have. Uh, 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 a big income, usually, and uh, and so this was was set up for them. And the village is very, very um, historic and gorgeous, and um, and it has some really amazing Dutch gable sort of um, little villas that um, are arranged around a, a system of uh, streets, internal streets. So in itself, it's a it's a very um, Beautiful and very particular environment. So we, on one, on one, in one hand, we had to respond to the to uh, the railway line, which the building sits, sits next on. To. That's right, sits next to. And then on the other, uh, in the other fa- on the other facade, we had to respond to the to the village. You know, so we've yeah we've so they kind of had, had two to, sides to do that, and uh, we did that by using. Um, Kind of the cues that we got from um, from that heritage architect, the bands of colour, the brickwork, the, the the detail. You know, if it, even though we're not, we haven't um, copied or um, or uh, yes, copied any any particular detail. It's in the spirit of the place. And what are the rooms like? I mean, when you're designing for an actor. What are you thinking of? I well, mean- maybe we didn't go down to that kind of <laughs> particularity, but uh, we we were just conscious that um, uh, that there had to be some theatricality to the buildings, so we didn't hold back. You know? We brave. <laughs> we didn't hold brave. back with uh, with color. We didn't yeah. hold back with features such as you know some of the um, textured. Why walls. is it, um, Ali? I mean, I'm. Maybe it's a generalisation, but a lot of architects and designers, they kind of stay away from that type of housing. It's almost like, well, it's not glam, it's not magazines aren't going to want to feature it. 
But what's, you know, I think it's really a growing area, if anything. Well, you know, we do have a very big problem of, um, you know, uh, shortage of affordable housing. And people, yeah, as you say, um, understand affordable housing as something lesser than, and we've always taken the opposite view. This is not lesser than, you know. In fact, if anything, it's more because, because... People are usually retired or or they have had some health issues and therefore they're spending more time in their uh, in in the apartments than 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 someone like you and I mm. perhaps who who spend time you know at work or at, or at uni or doing mm. other things but you know the the, the physical environment of these uh, buildings is very important because people is spend it, a lot of time in them is it when you Creating social housing. I mean, there's always the word value manage. Whether mm. you, whatever building mm. you're working on, mm. do you get value managed a lot more with the social housing development? Well, I I particularly um, I, my belief is that um, if you have a budget, if you're given a project and you're given a budget, you should really give that feedback right at the beginning to the client, you know, have they given us uh, an adequate budget for the kind of building that they're expecting us to to deliver? And if not, that needs to be sorted out at the start of the project. I mean, there's nothing worse than a project that, you know... Well, it's either mean or the, the things have not been properly accounted for or, you know, it just creates a lot of issues later on. So value management, um, I mean, there's always there's always things that, you know, that we work towards that where um, budgets can, we can still deliver the same result with a slightly less expensive option. But normally our budgets are pretty much you know, delivered as they were sort of agreed to at the beginning of the project. What I mean, with Osnum, Osnum House in particular, what was the most challenging thing about that project? It to, was, yeah, well... The, it's a complex prob- project. It's very complex, that's right. So the, it's, it has various uh, degrees of security, as you can imagine, because it has a shop front, which is open to everyone, but then it also has private apartments. So the, the internal circulation and the the um, uh, access to, to parts of the building is, is controlled um, so that people feel comfortable going into their apartments. going to their own space into their own environment as well as people feel comfortable coming in off the street so but because of the all the different it's it's pretty much a mixed use building so all the different uses of that building made it a quite a complex I mean there's so much going on there <laughs> yes. there's a library <laughs> yes there's uh, meeting rooms there's the cafe that's right there's there's, there's the courtyard, courtyard and the dining rooms the dining rooms there's laundries that people can um, you know showers. bring bring this this uh, toilets and showers that people can use during the day there's a laundry that people can bring their clothes and wash um, them during the day um, there's also the same thing but in a private sense so that um, people living within the building have their own little laundrette. Um, there's a commercial kitchen in the basement that delivers meals not only to to the residents of um, or to the to the visitors of Osdham House but 
you know, elsewhere. So there's a, there's many aspects to that. And, of course, there's, this, the, there's the people that work there. So they have to have their own environment as well so that they can have a bit of rest and relaxation when, not, when they're not on the floor. Um, Ellie, look, I don't want it to be flippant, but why contemporary jewellery? Oh, okay. <laughs> I, no, I, I kind of – I know it's a passion of both yours and mine. Okay. But, um, so, okay, I, well, that, it, it's an interesting question. there's not a lot of connection between social housing and <laughs> contemporary jewellery, is there? Maybe I just like this sort of a world of contrast. <laughs> um, what is it about contemporary jewellery that – Okay, so perhaps we need to wind back a little bit. I, I – uh, I uh, have always been um, interested in fine arts and, and I think a lot of architects are anyway. You know, you've, most architects have um, favourite artists that they follow, you know, go to museums and all those sorts of things, art galleries and whatever. So that's part of my background. But then more recently, um, uh, after, you've, after 30, 40 years of doing what I've been doing, uh, which is designing buildings, you come to a point where you think, well, you know, I need to sharpen <laughs> my sensitivities a bit perhaps. And and then you, you know, a lot of architects uh, during the course of their career need to decide, do they want to stay in design or do they want to, uh, you know, be become more managers of, of their, their, you know, their workplace or, or whatever. Or, or of their projects, and I decided I wanted to stay in design. So at that point, you know, what else can you do to really, um, you so know, you be like, confronted again with the challenge? So is it about buying contemporary jewellery or making? No, it's about making. I mean, of course, I, I also love collecting, uh, but it's uh, it's about making, and making is about the material, you know, which is very, Same in fact, very much like architecture, even though they're different materials. One is brick and concrete and the other one is stone and metals. It, you still have to have a sensitivity to the material and it's just about fa- being faced with a challenge, really, basically. <laughs> a challenge that you can't always control as much as you can control something you've been working on for 40 years. <laughs> I know, it's hard. Um, Ellie, look... Thanks so much for coming on to the program. Uh, I think it's, uh, I mean, both areas are, are important to Melbourne. Mm. I mean, contemporary jewellery is kind of, you know, uh, very, very strong in Melbourne. We're very and, lucky. And yeah. we're very lucky. But yeah. I think social housing is something that people just take for granted. It's mm. kind of something, oh, someone else will provide it. Yes. But who? Yes. You know, if not, if architects don't um, seriously Look, take it up. I think a lot of architects have, you know, like the, the the medical profession has the Hippocratic Oath, but architects do have uh, a very um, uh, high um, you know, social conscience to a high degree. And I think give, given the chance, a lot, most architects would really love the challenge. Of course... You know, careers take you different in different um, and I suppose directions. the more the more um, social housing that McGarren MGS does, yes, the more 
you succeed in that area, the more people come to you, government in that's particular, how, that's and say, how Look, it works. That's you know, a- we're very su- you're very successful at this area, and it's an area that's really needed and growing. Mm-hmm. So you know, you don't have to go through the obvious things about designing something that really. You know, Expert, yes, we've built a certain amount of expertise over the years because we've been doing it for so long that 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 it's really our area, you know. Very I much. suppose the other thing is that with um, housing, uh, social housing, is people don't want it in their back garden, and well, that's a bit of a problem. It's okay, yes, they all say yes, we need it, we need it, and then when it comes to a prominent area like Flemington Road, mm. and it's you know as you said, it's an eleven-story building, mm. it's not a you know, wallflower, then people then these people go, oh, we don't want it here. We need more education in the community for sure. I mean, um, you're right, um, often, not, not in this project specifically, but often we are faced... Uh, and we meaning the the, the the our client who want to deliver this type of housing are faced with fairly substantial um, you know setbacks and 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 not just setbacks but um, roadblocks yeah. from the, the system and, and the planning system. Does it take an awful lot of energy to meet all the residents in different areas and well that's a very important aspect of getting a project. Uh, and to Rob be, be successful, Rob, Rob often does that part of the work. He he usually wor- works at the front end of the project where um, more of that urban design expertise is required, and the and the um, co- consultation with with uh, the community. And um, but you know our office, we all work hand in hand really um, because. That's that's the collaborative process that we've chosen to you know to 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 use in, in the delivery of the of of all the projects we we do. Um, as you say, uh, the not in my backyard is is a it's it's a significant roadblock. <laughs> yeah, hurdle. Yes, very much. Well, so. Everyone agrees. Everyone <laughs> realizes we need it, but then it comes near yes. you, and, and, and you go, "Oh no, it's going to." Deflate the values yes. of our property, and, and I think that's a real. I mean, we've one of the things that um, has been very ev- evident for us over the years that we've been working in this area is that the fear that's expressed at the at the front end of the project, with people imagining the worst, is never there at the end of the project, um, where people have started making. You know, you you go back to some of our or some of, some of our. Uh, apartment buildings that we delivered for for various clients, specifically, you know, say for the city of Port Phillip. Um, And you go back a year later or or longer and the residents in the neighbourhood have made you know the the the, res- the 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 community in the neighbourhood have made friends with the residents in the building, and the buildings are well managed because yeah. you know that's the clients that we you know that that we work for manage. Uh, and it settles down. And it and and well, people yeah. just become yeah. friends, yeah. you know, like yeah. uh, you know, and, and, and like like you do normally yeah. with with your neighbour. And there is a strong architectural component, even though it's not a private residential building. It's still something that you want to have in your community. That's right, and we we try and make it as kind of 
fun and and for the people living there as much as you know attractive for the people that have to look at it mm-hmm. and 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 like i said before you know the context is always important so it it while they might be they might look different because they might be a little bit bigger or or uh, or have different you know um uh, need, you know, the, the, an apartment building is different from uh, single houses, and often these these um, these projects, not 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 the one we're talking about specifically, the, the Osnum House project or the one in Rushall Park, because they're they're within their own environments. But um, other projects that we've done need to sit within a suburban street mm. like any other suburban street. So, so You're taking this, your cues from that's right. the, the so That's right. So, you know, if, if the house next door has a picket fence, we try and use that similar form without copying. Or in the case of Osnan House, you bring the scale down that's right. to the to neighbouring buildings. Right. Yeah. Um, look, thanks so much for coming onto the program today, Ali. Um, Pleasure. I, I appreciate, I really, I think a lot of people would appreciate and really admire what you do and I think it's kind of a hard area in terms of getting it right, but uh, well done and thank you for coming in. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to explain <laughs> a bit of the process. And we'll have a separate section on contemporary jewellery down the track. Definitely. Love to. <laughs> um, you've been listening to Ellie Giannini, an architect and director of MGS Architects and thanks so much for listening. Thank you.